Fluidity and transparency have been key missing factors in the farmland market. As the emphasis grows on farmland ownership, the space is evolving for farmers and investors alike. This somewhat hidden asset class is emerging. I'm Joey Bland, and from Circle O Productions, this is Seasons. Today, we conclude our conversation from the downtown square in Fayetteville, Arkansas with Carter Malloy, founder and CEO of AcreTrader. Carter's understanding of the agricultural marketplace and the emphasis on farmer first has investors eager to join the platform. Today, we'll hear more about the importance of transparency in the marketplace and why it's important to come home. Well, Carter, the impacts of AcreTrader uh, with just the transparency, bringing transparency to the land investing space, to the agricultural space, the fluidity of the market that y'all are adding to. I think you said that AcreTrader is up to 40,000 acres uh, presently that... uh, that, that Acre Trader owns. And just to clarify, when Acre Trader buys one of these farms, each one of those farms is set up in a separate LLC, correct? That's correct. So the, the investor comes on and owns a portion of an LLC that owns an individual farm. Right, right. So that's, uh, but the impacts are pretty significant between investor being able to reconnect with land for the farmers who are actually able to grow their operations. Have you also seen with with it uh, an emphasis more toward conservation and just good practices? Because I know y'all really try to steward things really well with the company. And, um, you know, people hear the terms organic or regenerative farming or these different things. But, but what kind of emphasis have y'all put on that side of things? We, we do care about being good stewards of the land because we like making money. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this, this isn't uh, a nonprofit and, and I'm, I'm for those things, right? This, these, right. Are, these are positives for our world. Um, but just about every farmer I've ever met wants to be a good steward of their land. And we do enroll our acres in leading harvest, which is a sustainability standard, but this isn't like, you know, smiling cow sustainability. It's very practical checklist oriented stuff. So we're not throwing around regenerative ag and uh, a lot of the, you know, ESG type of words out yep. there in the world today. We like action. Yep. So the actions of this are like basic soil sustainability standards. Things like if you have a diesel tank, we will not keep it within 500 feet of a waterway. Uh, th- like immediately you're thinking in your head how many of those you've seen. Yep. And I have too. And um, that is not being a good neighbor, right? Like, and it costs a couple hundred bucks maybe to move that thing. And, and uh, But at the end of the day, like, if that leaks into the water, that is bad for everybody. That's bad for your fishing out there. That's bad for your neighbor. Right. And, and so, again, basic standards like that. And, and we come in and actually will help with those. Uh, we will come in and actually, uh, in many cases, put up cash as well uh, to make sure that we enroll the farm in that because we believe that if you take good care of that land, it will appreciate in value better 
than if you didn't. Pretty, pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, we then do also have land, yes, that's uh, organic transition land as an example, where it's hard to make that three-year gap from going from conventional farming to uh, organic. Right. And so we can work with that farmer to build longer-term lease structures and bridge financing to get through that period. Um, and again, like, uh, do you consume organic foods or not aside, like, well, you know, and, and that whole debate, which I don't care to enter into. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the idea is you can make money as an organic farmer, right? Yeah. Like, I know organic farmers in this state, they're doing really, doing a lot better than their neighbors uh, because they figured out these, these approaches and because the consumer is willing to pay a higher price for that product. And so that's, uh, if you can make a good margin, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, the, um, the connection for AcreTrader and people also have led to something that people could really tap into, the listening audience, and a very useful tool is y'all's mapping system, which was kind of born out of a little bit of necessity, right? Because you're researching things and, and, and you realize that, boy, we're having to use a lot of different platforms to get things done. So talk a little bit about acres. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the end results and then back into how we got here. Yeah. So the, the end result, what we want is a functioning market. And uh, what we as capitalists believe in is that uh, transactions should be a fair shake for both sides. And uh, whether intentional or, or most often not intentional, in many farmland transactions, somebody's getting a bad deal. Mm. And, and often that's just because there's no data. Because yeah. like, I'll, I'll you know, go to uh, Jefferson County, Arkansas, and I can tell you roughly that land was at 4,000 an acre, and now it's at 5,200 an acre. And if it's really good, it's 55 because I'm, you know, uh, because that's where we farm. But I honestly w would have no idea if I wanted to go sell a piece of land tomorrow, right? So, or buy a piece of land. Yep. Uh, I, I know generally what that land is worth, plus or minus 10 or 20%. Yep. It, it's insane. And that is a, as a, a farm owner, as a farmer, many of which own farmland, not knowing what your asset base is worth, plus or minus 10 or 20%, it's crazy. Yeah. Right? Now, this, is the, this is often the most valuable thing that you own, and often you get debt on it to, to help, help uh, run your business. Right. And, and so we're big believers in free markets, and we are big believers in information mm. being available to enable those markets. And that's what Acres is for us. Um, it's at acres.com. Uh, it's acres.co, acres.co today. I think by the time this goes live here in the next few weeks, we'll be at acres.com. Good. And that is a land intelligence tool, right? So you can go on there, maybe think of it as pretty maps, right? Pretty maps with lots of really good data. So I'll back into why we built that. Um, talk about the end result, functioning market. But yep. beginning is why are we in this uh, business? We as a company, again, being a, a marketplace for transactions, had incredibly difficult time valuing land. And we were logging into six different software systems, plus uh, GIS, plus county courthouses, plus our own databases we had built. Yep. And so we stopped and said, hey, can we build something that could enable our team of, of underwriters, effectively, that can enable our team to do their job better? You still need to visit a farm, of course, and understand the lay of the land. But from the armchair to first go look at a piece of land, can we build something that's a, a truly great diligence tool, a great portfolio, portfolio management tool, a great data management tool? And that manifested in this uh, now 
business called Acres, and that's about 40 people inside of that that are software engineers and data scientists building really cool maps, right? And so yeah. if, if I'm an investor, this is a really awesome tool, allows me to go and, and understand the land in depth and, and go look at a ton of different layers, a ton of really great comparable sales data. Uh, and if I'm a landowner, likewise, it allows me to manage my portfolio. I can put my land in there, I can draw on it, I can keep notes and I move the hunt stand, I can uh, move it on there and send it to my cousin, let him know where the, you know, where the new tree blind is yep. uh, or where, where we've moved the, the sled, right, for, yep. for duck hunting. So it, it's a, a great tool for communication, for sharing of information, for data management, and uh, the version for the consumer is free. Free. So for most people that would want to use this tool is completely free. Yep. Um, for land professionals, uh, it's a minimal cost, like 30 bucks a month, right? Yep. So if you're a broker, an appraiser, a manager, and then for people that are really hardcore heavy users, uh, it's an enterprise subscription. It tends to be much more expensive, but that's for folks that are managing land at scale and need, need a real tool to help enable their business. Right, right. So acres.co currently, soon to be acres.com. It's free, so you can get on there. Look around. I've I've been fascinated with some of the layers of, um, like flooding the water layers, uh, where I've had a hard time finding that with other things. Mm-hmm. So what a great tool that y'all have created. And again, I've always appreciated your approach. And I go back to some of my uh, years ago learning of this uh, what what was referred to as abundance mentality versus a scarcity mentality. And you really operate in this abundance mentality area, which I think Acres is an example of that, of sharing information. And you think, what I've heard you say before is, we're going to get more velocity in the marketplace the more that we share information instead of just protecting and, and being in this defensive posture all the time. So I appreciate that. And that's a great tool that I'd really encourage people to tap into. Thank you. And, and appreciate you noticing that abundance mentality. And that's not, that's not because we're altruists, right? Like, look, we believe in functioning markets. We, we really at our core want these markets to be efficient for yeah. the participants. Uh, but you're exactly right. Like we want every farmer out there using the tool and every investor using the tool because a lot of them, not all of them will transact with us. That's fine. Right. But many of them will think about us when they want to go grow their business or they want to go invest in land. Well, open source has, uh, has changed a lot of things, right? Right. And so uh, there's, a, there's just a different, I appreciate, and I refer to it as abundance, but I appreciate that approach. I just think almost whatever it is, you just get further in life and, and everything. So that's great. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, is you have this startup, okay? Back up, you're in the Bay Area, right? Working for a startup. So you're right there in the middle of it. And the cool place to be, I mean, it's a startup culture. That's what's going on. Um, people talk about both coast, you know, that, that you've got that going on. And yet you envision this thing that evolves into AcreTrader, and you found it in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Which is, you know, in the middle of America, uh, at Fayetteville, Rogers, Springdale, Benton, they're very vibrant. The companies that you've mentioned before, Walmart, J.B. Hunt, Tyson are all here. But to move and to create a startup in Fayetteville and to think that you're going to attract good quality people to work with, 
why'd you make that decision? A number of reasons there. Uh, one is a personal one, which is my wife and I moved out uh, to, to San Francisco knowing that it was an adventure and it was a really great job opportunity, but unlikely we were going to be, be there forever. Yeah. And I, you know, San Francisco gets hated on a lot and the news hates on it a lot. It's actually a really cool place, right? I, sure. I, I did not dislike it, but we had children. And uh, as we began having babies, uh, it, we, the realization that we knew to be true was coming to the forefront, which is we want to raise our kids in the real world. This yeah. is not the real world. Yeah. This is fun. This is interesting. If you like to eat as much as I do and go to, <laughs> go to you know, there's some amazing cuisine there, right? So yeah. uh, as an example, and, and so uh, we, we liked living there, but we, we wanted to move back here. Frankly, we had always wanted to get back to Fayetteville. We had been gone for a dozen years and this was an opportunity to come here. For the business specifically, I think at the time, you know, my friends in San Francisco were like, wait, you're moving to <laughs> Arkansas to start a tech company. Like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And I actually then, and to this day, uh, vehemently disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, for, for a few reasons. One, as a business, we want to be close to our customers, right? We, we, we like calling from Arkansas. We like that our staff is bringing mud in uh, on their boots from, from the weekends. We like that we're here. Uh, on a square in a small town. Yep, um, it makes us more relatable because we are relatable, right? Yep. Uh, the the other is I, I'm just not a believer that uh, smart people are unequally distributed, right? And that you have to go to the coast to find the best talent. Uh, I believe that some of the absolute best talent in the world is right here in this tiny state of Arkansas. Yeah, and I get to work with a lot of them every day. And unlike there, where there's a crazy competition for talent, we get to be this really cool, unique idea that's doing mm. something good, that's, doing, that's building a really cool, fast-growth business in a small town. So there's actually this inverse effect of employees, a lot of employees work here. We have a great culture. We are, we are intense about uh, communication, about personal growth and learning. And so we've created a cool environment that means that we, we do get to attract some of, you know, some of the best data scientists uh, out there, like I Put some of our, I'd put our data science team up against any data science team in, in San Francisco. Yep. I'd put our site reliability engineers and cloud architects against the best in the world. Um, but we get to work with them here, which is way more fun, uh, personally and, and professionally. So I, I feel very strongly that this is a great place to build a business. And you know, a, the, the term startup describing a fast-growth business is a great place for that. We're, we're now five years old, so we're actually... a a business business, I guess. We're here, we're here for the long term. Then um, we're about 125 people, but it, I feel very confident with those folks and looking around that we can continue to grow our headcount with really, really talented folks here. Yeah. Well, that's a great perspective, and I love it because it is kind of counterintuitive. And I think that's a great insight from you to realize the talent level, the opportunity that you have here, and even the inverse effect of having a startup. And I think just anecdotally, you know, I know there's a coffee shop um, just across the parking lot from y'all's office. Uh, I walk in there and see a, a dozen Acre Trader employees. <laughs> uh, so you've had to see some impact to your business being here, and you have been intentional. Not not only are you just kind of spread around the area, but you're right here on the square in downtown 
Fayetteville. Y'all have been very strategic. But have you seen growth? Like, and again, you've gone through the pandemic. And so things have changed a little bit, but have you seen growth around the square, around this area? And that's got to be related somewhat to Acre Trader. We, we have seen that, and we, we certainly feel as though we're a, a part of that, and uh, we're, we couldn't be more thrilled about that. But as a whole, the, I, I love the regrowth of, of downtown America, and in particular, small town downtown right here on this this beautiful little square and seeing yes. seeing old the, the where we are sitting right now uh two years ago was completely derelict yeah uh, this was a, a space nobody had been in in 20 years and if i'm wrong 30 or 40 and it's gorgeous like we, we were able to rehab it and I, I love this investment uh, again it's <laughs> core theme of our business and in investing in rural america it's really really exciting to see yeah so not only are you doing that in Fayetteville, you're doing it in agriculture, um, but I kind of want to end up coming back to a personal note, if you don't mind. Uh, your your investment, you you are one that, while you move fast, and you're moving incredibly fast, your mind works faster than your body. Um, you also stay very grounded, and one thing that you had told me not long ago was about y'all your in your family's nightly routine. Um, if you don't mind, repeat that, because I think it's interesting. I think people would be interested to, to know, here you are heading up this startup, founder of this startup, growing like crazy, a lot of things going on, and yet every evening you do what? Hang out with my kids. <laughs> That's, uh, I'm not a fan of routine at work. Right? I love every day being different and love the challenges of work. But at home, I have a routine, and that is uh, get home and put my cell phone away and sit around the family dinner table, and we do that every night together. And having intentional conversations. Our kids are five and seven. They're still pretty young. But having intentional conversations. So I have a set of questions for them, and then make sure that they ask me and their mom questions as well. And so just engaging with them uh, in, a, in a family setting. You know, we don't, we don't, we do screens. We let them watch cartoons on the weekend. We don't want them to be like total Luddites. But as a whole, we, we really value spending time together as a family, having conversation, being outdoors, and doing fun stuff. It's just, it's, it's a lot of fun to, un- and don't, don't get me wrong. I am absolutely addicted to my phone, right? It's something sure. that I want to look at every minute. I want to check every email. Yep. Respond to people as fast as I can. Check Slack, all that kind of crap. But it's really nice to put it away for, for a few hours each night and have a routine. Uh, and, yeah, have dinner, give them a bath, put them to bed, and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. I love the how grounded. I appreciate your time just sitting down because I know you're very busy, but sharing more of your life, more of your connection to land, the impact that Acre Traders having on investors – that are able to reconnect with land, the impact acre traders having on farmers who they're able to partner with, they're able to help farmers grow their business, the opportunity people can have of tapping into the acres uh, site to to really research land and use the mapping, and then to be here in Fayetteville, put an emphasis on such a beautiful place, but a, a place that um, that that you've added a lot to the economy and those are a lot of powerful factors that uh, you guys have been able to generate and i appreciate that thanks for your time today thanks for sitting down and talking 
and we look forward to talking again. Thank you, Jay. Our time in Fayetteville, Arkansas has been inspiring. From this small Northwest Arkansas location, the needle is being moved on farmland investment. Right here in middle America, creatively moving forward is occurring. At the same time, staying connected. At Seasons Podcast, our purpose is to educate people about land investment with the goal of seeing a hundred people who don't currently own land become landowners. Our method is helping people reconnect with land through hearing other people's stories. Connect with us on our website at delta-farmland.com. You can go to our Seasons podcast page to get more information about AcreTrader and our social platforms. <music>